Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey. And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Uh, hope everyone is doing well. Hope everybody is getting there. Vaccines. Um, and uh, ready to get back out into the world. Ron, how are you doing? Hey, Kyle, good to hear your voice. I'm doing just well over here. Thanks for asking. Yeah, we, we, are, we are all on, on the team vaccine so we can get businesses back open again. Uh, I just got my second one, so um, ready to rock and roll in another couple of weeks. I'm, I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I'm headed over to Langdon today to get my second shot. And um, I tell you, man, it's starting to feel exciting. Like um, you can feel a little bit of a shift and some momentum with things at a manageable pace, sort of moving back to uh, this 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 new normal and opening up a little bit. That's um, exciting. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Uh, and, and speaking of reopening, uh, just want to make sure that all the DC businesses are aware that um, the U.S. Small Business Administration has released application information about the upcoming $26 billion restaurant revitalization fund. Uh, that fund will open on May 3rd at 12 noon Eastern time. Um, and uh, on May 7th, uh, Department of Small and Local Business Development is hosting Rob Johnson. Uh, he is the uh, uh, small business um, small business association Washington Metro Regional Project Officer, and, and he's going to do a Q and A, Q&A, uh, for the restaurant relief fund. So you can check out that information at dslvd.dc.gov. Um, they've got a link on the very front page of their website, so make sure and check that out. Uh, this is um, eligibility is for restaurants. Food stands, food trucks, car, car skaters, bar saloons, taverns, and so on. Basically, uh, if you make money off of providing food, um, you may be eligible for this. So uh, take a look at dslbd.dc.gov. Uh, so we can get our restaurants back going and, and uh, up and running. Since since I'm getting my vaccine, I am ready to eat in a restaurant. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm really excited to see this opportunity, um, you know, so many of the restaurants um, all over um, have had to make so many hard decisions and shifts and pivots to just fight to keep the doors open. And so to see this sort of relief being made available to them is really exciting. So um, hopefully, um, you know, these these hospitality and, and restaurant um, um, entrepreneurs in our in our region and in our area will take full advantage of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's there for them to use, so why not? Um, and speaking of DSLBD, I want to make sure and thank our sponsors. Uh, this show is made possible because of grant money from the Department of Small and Local Business Development and the Department of Housing and Community Development. Uh, not only can we produce this show um, with that grant money, but we also use the same grant money to uh, help support small businesses up and down the Rhode Island Avenue at Bladensburg Road corridors, um, as well as uh, parts of Ward 5 here in D.C. So a big thank you and shout out to DSLBD and D.C. 
to uh, DXCD uh, for their support. And yeah, and I'm I'm excited to talk to our guests today. And and Ron, I think you will be too. Um, you Monumental Communications, the, the company that, that owns this recording studio. Um, you you're a CDE, and I know that you've had uh, um, some some experience in uh, in doing some contract work for the District of Columbia. Yes. I don't, I don't think very many small businesses understand that there are opportunities for just about every business uh, to do business with the District of Columbia. Um, and so I am uh, very excited to introduce our two guests today. Um, first is uh, Christina Amoruso, uh, the manager of the Commercial Revitalization Division at the Department of Small and Local Business Development, um, which uh, includes uh, projects like the DC Main Streets program, uh, Clean Teams. And um, we also are welcoming Sheila Edmondson from, uh, from the Department of Small and Local Business Development. She is a procurement technical assistance specialist at the, uh, at the District of Columbia's Procurement Technical Assistance Center, um, which is a program of, of DSLD. Um, and so welcome to Christina and Sheila. And my goodness, you both must be incredibly busy these days. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, we are excited to be here. Um, I wanted to first of all say thank you and also tell you just a little bit more about what we do at the Commercial Revitalization Team or CRT as we know. Because we provide funding and capacity building to develop and maintain thriving commercial corridors with sustainable retail. What does this mean? It means that our goal is to make the city's commercial quarters a best place to be for those who live here, who work here, and visit. So, as Kyle said, yes, we manage the main street districts, we manage the clean and safe teams, we produce art all night. Uh, but what I want our listeners to know is that we have lots of energy, we have resources to help you as a business owner thrive in our community and help you think outside the box so that people spend their dollars locally. There's nothing more that we want to know that people spend their dollars locally and through our partnership with the Procurement Technical Assistance, PTAC, is to help you think, where else can you get your contracts? So I'm just so excited to be here. And thank you so much, Sheila, for telling us all about how we can do this. Yeah, Sheila, during, during your time with DC PTAC, uh, the team over there has counseled over 1,500 district businesses, trained over 25,000 participants on government contracting. That is quite an accomplishment. So, uh, so welcome to the show, Sheila. Thank you so much for having us. So, uh, so let's let's break it down. Uh, how does DC PTAC support support businesses in uh, in helping government agencies? Well, first, I'd just like to provide a, a, a brief overview of the Procurement Technical Assistance Program. 
the P known as PTAP. The PTAP program was founded in 1985 by Congress to assist small businesses in succeeding in government contracting. And um, they're designed to provide technical assistance to businesses that want to sell products and services to the government, and whether that be federal, state, or local. And as you mentioned, I work with the DC Procurement Technical Assistance Center, which is a program of um, DSLBD. And there are PTACs in every state and several US territories. So how do we support um, small businesses? PTACs provide day-to-day -day assistance in the form of assisting businesses to prepare proposals, bids, marketing to potential clients, um, buyers, setting up, improving quality assurance, accounting, assisting with the new CMMC, which are cybersecurity requirements, as well as resolving payment problems. What we do is we teach um, the businesses that we work with how to participate in government contracting, but we're, we don't do business on behalf of our clients, so we can't market it, market on their behalf, but we can assist them in understanding how to market. So what we do That's, is... Oh. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You're, you're on a roll. Oh, Okay. So basically, we assist businesses, um, we've assisted businesses over the past year with the, the pivot to market to government agencies because the lack of foot traffic. So over the past year, of course, due to the pandemic, we've seen the ability um, that the ability to be agile and adapt to change is, is really critical for the small businesses to survive in this environment. Yeah. Um, so, you know, how does how does a business get involved? What what are, what are some of the steps involved? Well, we assist businesses in understanding how government contracting works, how to communicate with the government, identify opportunities, and um, how to go back and review their existing marketing plan, because. We've, we're collaborating with Main Streets to assist um, the Main Street businesses on understanding if their business can pivot and do work with the government to make up for the um, decrease in foot traffic. So basically, we will work with them to take a look at their marketing plan and make the adjustments to market to the government because marketing to the government is vastly different from marketing commercially. So we help them, as I mentioned, identify opportunities, how to identify those opportunities, the specific way that you need to communicate with the government, how to develop a government-centric website um, to include that on their website so that the government understands and knows that they they can purchase goods and services from them and also and also how they can purchase from them. Um, that needs to be um, made clear on websites and any other marketing material. And we assist them um, with that. I mean, just take a look at 2020. Only essential businesses were open. So what would it take for your business to become essential? Like, what are the needs of your specific ecosystem? 
And how did the needs shift in your ecosystem due to the pandemic? And how can your business innovate to meet those needs? So that's what we help the small businesses understand. Um, for, for businesses that are new to GovCon, we educate them on how to identify their potential customers, understanding how to increase their chances, chances of being successful and how to reduce risk because the government, if anything, is risk of, averse. <laughs> yeah, they, you, can, you can count on the government to be risk averse. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, Sheila, can I ask you a question about, yeah, I wanted wanted to ask, just going back to a very basic level, how, what's, what's the most direct path for businesses to, to kind of do their research to find out if the, if the service and, you know, that they're offering, that that's commodity that the government is seeking, like, you know, just looking at this across the DC government for a minute. How, what, what, what would be the most direct way for them to obtain that information? Well, there are several ways to um, obtain information on what the government is purchasing. And I would look at first the resources that are available in DSLBD, um, PTAC, the BizOps group. Um, also, the Office of Contracting and Procurement has a tool called the Transparency Portal, which shows forecasts, purchase orders, historical data, including already um, awarded contracts, as well as upcoming solicitations. So I would start there for D.C. government. And of course, D.C. government has um, lots of independent agencies. So based on the services or goods that you provide, I would look at some of those independent agencies. For example, if you provide construction or tools or things involving um, construction, I would look at the Department of General Services or DGS. If you provide consulting services for education or um, other services that could spread across um, various government agencies, such as T-shirt printing or you create marketing materials, you may have to reach out and um, contact those agencies and also review and study their websites. Because one thing about government contracting, it's very important to understand what they purchase, um, what is their, what are their goals? Um, you need to understand that you have to have a, a very um, intimate understanding of the agency that you wish to work with. What are their pain points? What are their needs? And how can you meet them? And um, like I said, you know, during 2020, you really have to look at your ecosystem and how their needs changed due to the pandemic and how you need to shift to meet those needs. Right. So so if I'm understanding you correctly, this transparency portal Mm -hmm. might be a way for businesses to go and learn of, you know, again, more, more, more about the shifts and kind of what is being procured these days based on the the pandemic. Um, But also they can get an insight and a glimpse on what other opportunities may be 
either available now or scheduled to be released yes. in the third um, or fourth quarter. Yes. So the forecast can show um, what is due to be released, um, hit the streets, as we say. Um, you will also be able to view the solicitations, the current solicitations, and that way you can get an idea of what the government is currently buying. Um, when it comes to the federal government, it and we work with the federal government. We are with a DC government agency, but we assist small businesses. Our program, PTAC, assists small businesses with federal opportunities as well. And there is a website called beta, B-E-T-A dot SAM, S-A-M dot gov. And that database holds so much information on events for opportunities, um, contract opportunities and other information. So that's another database that you can search. Also, there's another database called the Federal Procurement Data System, and that mm -hmm. holds historical data for federal contracts. And you always want to study historical data because it tells you what the government has purchased repeatedly, how they've purchased, and who your competitors may be if you're interested in selling to the government those same products. You know, what does that company have that maybe we don't have or what do we have that that company doesn't have? And and also, I would recommend to small businesses just coming into government contracting that they look at subcontracting. It's a great way to learn government contracting without the heavy lift of mm -hmm. dealing with the finance and everything. And you can learn um, during the process while providing support to the government um, by subcontracting. And also, I would look at what we call simplified acquisitions and micro purchases which are smaller contracts and micro purchases are purchases that can be made um, with the contracting officer's purchase card, a credit card purchase. Right, right. And yeah, and due to the the Stafford Act, those purchase limits have increased dramatically. Previously it was three thousand or thirty five hundred for a micro purchase. Now it's up to ten thousand dollars. Can you imagine? Oh, wow. Yeah. If you have 10 micro purchases, that's $100,000. That's amazing for, you know, a small business. Yeah, and I want to follow up on that. I'm glad you touched on that. And I kind of have two questions. The first is, you know, when you look at the announcement around the Green Book, right, and you look at a number like nine, $917 million, right, and mm -hmm. earmarked for goals to do business with, you know, small businesses in, in D.C. Mm -hmm. Do you find that sometimes when people are segueing into the space that they kind of bump over the micro and some of the simplified acquisition purposes? Because naturally, if you see 917, you're shooting for a million dollars in your head. It just <laughs> seems like that's a logical place to start. But, you know, you what 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 did what advice would you give to businesses for them to sort of, yes, continue to think big, but giving them a practical point of entry into the space. While government contracting and the U.S. government is one of the largest, you know, purchasers, like the largest buyer in the world, um, one of, 
you have to understand that you have to understand how it works, how the whole system works. And, and, and as you stated, businesses see that large number and they want to pursue the $5 million, $10 million contracts without understanding government contracting. Please utilize your resources. The DCP Tax Center is at DSLBD. There is, as I mentioned, BizOps, our NOED team, Main Streets. All of these programs can assist you in understanding government contracting and different aspects that are needed to be successful. Also, um, there's the Women's Business Center in D.C. for our Wozby or our women-owned businesses. There are VBOX for veteran-owned businesses, as well as um, SCORE, um, retired executives that mentor small businesses, as well as um, SB SBDCs, small business development centers. And there is one located at Howard. All of these resources are essential because if you do not understand government contracting, if you win your first contract and you're unable to maintain compliance, and then you're unable to be awarded another contract, maybe right. ever, you know, so use your resources and understand, have an understanding of government contracting. And that is something that I would recommend um, prior to anything prior to making any steps. And then I would start marketing to the government, looking into who is buying what I sell. You need to understand that. Who's buying what I sell and trying to identify relationships that you may have. Do you know anyone in the agency? Have you worked in the agency? Do you understand what their initiatives are, their goals, their pain points? Um, right. That's very important in understanding what the agency's mission is and how you can meet that mission or assist them in meeting that mission. Yeah, that's 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 phenomenal advice there. Um, I, I'm going to follow up with that and ask you a question around marketing. And what advice would you give businesses if they're thinking about trying to market to agencies to let them know? Right. So I've so I've done the research. I know that they buy a substantial amount of goods and services that I qualify for. What's next from there? How, how, what's the most efficient or the best way rather for that organization to start marketing to the agency to let them know that they're out there? The best way is to attend events. Of course, now we're not, we are not holding or hosting in-person events, but just this morning we hosted an event which is leveraging SBA certifications. Um, we host many training events and SBA certifications are um, a way for small businesses to put themselves in a smaller bucket. So it's a way to be considered for an opportunity in a smaller pool, which increases your your opportunity to um, win that award. Um, I would look at certifications, but I think that I would definitely direct them to study the rules and regulations of government contracting wherever they would like to do business. If it's the District of Columbia, be familiar with the DCMR 27, 
the PPRA, all of the rules and regulations, or in federal government, the FAR, which is the Federal Acquisition Regulations, understand those regulations because the worst, one of the worst things that can happen is that you do not understand the rules and um, you're penalized as a result. So you just connect with the resources. We're here and, and that's why we're here to help. Um, for example, um, rest, there are lots of restaurants, tons of restaurants on, on the various main streets. But if they could pivot a little, there are opportunities out here. For example, there's an opportunity for a contractor to provide fifteen over 1,500 catered meals for the Army in Maryland. And that's a small, small, um, small purchase. So that's something that restaurants could go after. Maybe they, they're not able to provide the fancy, beautiful meals that the restaurants provide. But if you can set aside a part of your kitchen or restaurant to prepare catered meals, that's an additional way for them to um, receive income. Also, there's an opportunity to provide security uniforms. And I know that there is an, um, a location on um, Rhode Island Avenue that provides uniforms. And so there's yeah. an opportunity for uniforms for the, what is this? I think this is the United States Boundary and Water Commission. In, in El Paso, in El Paso, Texas. But the business doesn't have to be located in Texas. They could easily send them uniforms. So there are lots of opportunities for Main Street businesses um, out here, whether it be federal, state, or local. I, Sheila, this is a, a great uh, setup for my next question, which is Main Streets are full of restaurants florists, service providers. I, you know, we've got a, a coffee roastery here. We've got, um, um, there's, a, there's a guy on Bladensburg that, that makes uh, belts. Um, so are, are there opportunities for all of those varieties of, of businesses? You said for belts? Yeah. As quirky as that sounds, I'm sure that there I can find something somewhere where some state local entity is seeking belts. Um, yeah, when, but, when you and I were chatting about this um, last week, you know, you were you were saying hairstylists. We need hairstylists. Yes, we need, uh, need hairstylists. <laughs> and I mentioned that I actually, <laughs> actually. Um, um, patronize a hairstylist um, on Rhode Island Avenue. Shout out to Vernon Martin. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, we love are... Vernon. <laughs> you know Vernon? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, awesome. So if if there are, there are our opportunities for hairstylists and to actually when the government opens back up, you know, possibly that will you know, be more of a thing because there are in some of the government buildings, barbershops, 
or salons, or there may be an opportunity to provide services at the VA or um, for different entities that provide services to the military. So you may not style in the way that you would style in your salon or barbershop, but you know, there are opportunities. And I think there are even opportunities for wigs as well. Wow. Wow. Uh, that'd be great to get a, um, something at the uh, Secret Service or CIA wigs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that will entertain me for the next hour thinking about that. Um, what uh, you've you mentioned several, several ways that businesses can find out about opportunities. Um, and, and given the, the current situation, you mentioned several opportunities like restaurants pivoting to provide meals for the, the military uh, and, and things like that. Uh, are there any other um, opportunities that are really standing out to you right now that are just a great fit for a small business in need of a pivot? Hmm. Op off of the top of my head, I look at cleaning services, especially with people returning back to work, cleaning services, construction, because some offices and buildings need to be restructured. Um, yeah. The, the meals sure and also uniforms. Uniforms. Yeah. And I, I would imagine, you know, some some HVAC companies for uh, yes HVAC some better filtration <laughs> definitely yeah yeah um, this is great information Sheila um, are there some some workshops coming up or some some special seminars uh, coming up this is we're, we're broadcasting this during DC Small Business Week um, is there anything special in store for uh, for, for small businesses uh, related to BTAC coming up soon. Um, yes, we have uh, several events coming up, um, legal legal workshops, as well as a workshop on um, on a financial workshop on QuickBooks. So that's coming up soon. And all, as a matter of fact, for those interested in this is federal federal government contracting opportunities, um, we have a joint session with a joint session with SBA on how to hunt, <laughs> how to hunt for opportunities. So that is coming up. And we also do have part a partnership with DCRA, the Department for Consumer and Regulatory Affairs, their Small Business Resource Center. And we do monthly or um, I think it's like every other month we do sessions with them to educate businesses on how to do business with the government. And we also partner with OCP. So for those that are interested in doing business with the district government, you can definitely um, join us for a session with OCP because that will give you an in-depth look at doing business with the district government. So I'm looking at the, uh, the website for DCP TAC and uh, for those of you following along from home. Uh, the website is dslbd.dc.gov. And if you uh, if you go over to 
our divisions, uh, DCP Tech is right there at the top of the list. And uh, there are uh, there's all kinds of information on there about it's a confidential one-on-one business advice. Um, uh, there's a PTAC eligibility checklist. Yes. Um, and uh, just a ton of resources um, for government contractors. It's a, it, it looks at like a deceptively simple web page, but tons of information on there. Um, so I, I'm sure you've got events listed uh, on here as well, right? Yes, yep. there are lots. There's DSLBD. Um, it people should, if you are a small business owner, please take advantage of all of the resources that are available to you within DSLBD. We have programs for returning citizens. We have programs for, of course, um, brick and mortar businesses, businesses seeking to do business with the government. Um, so many. Um, so much so much in DSLBD that is not tapped. So please check us out. Yeah, and I just a quick question, Sheila, just to clarify for, for our audience. Um, so the best point of entry, obviously, is the website that Kyle mentioned, but is there a sign-up process? Is there a cost for businesses to leverage the resources and all the expertise that you know you guys can offer them? No, and that's the great thing about um, working with DCP TAC. All of our services, um, we're, we're, we like to say, are at no or low cost. But for us, our services are at no cost. If you're a DC business, you pay taxes. You know, utilize the services that we provide. So we have awesome trainings. We had a, an amazing event for um Women's History Month called Her Story. Um, today, like I said, we had leveraging um, SBA certifications. We had our QuickBooks. Hello? We're here. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we had our QuickBooks event, um, the part one, and then part two is in a couple of weeks, and we have an event coming up on other transaction authorities, um, the legal view, and we just have lots of them and, and how to hunt, how to hunt, how to seek and um, identify government contracting opportunities. So we have a lot of amazing workshops planned for our business, small business community. That's, 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 that's awesome. And if by, by chance someone is a latecomer and, you know, like that QuickBooks one or the you know, leveraging the SBA uh, certifications, are persons able to go back and view these on demand or do they just pretty much look at the calendar and sign up for the next one? They can contact our intake coordinator, Ms. Michelle Harris, and her email is michelle.harris, and that's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E dot Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, the number two at dc.gov. Michelle is the person that you would contact to become a DC PTAC client. And she's the person that you would contact to receive um, any of the recordings. But um, if you would like to um, schedule a time for one-on-one -on -one counseling, please contact Michelle and she can get you signed up as a DC PTAC client. Perfect. 
perfect. Um, Sheila and Christina, this has uh, been great information, obviously. Uh, once again, uh, the website is dslbd.dc.gov. Click over on our divisions and uh, DC Procurement Technical Assistance Center is at the top of that list. Uh, be sure to check that out. Um, and uh, Sheila gave out the, uh, the email address, the best point of contact over there, michelle.harris2 at dc.gov. Um, any, uh, uh, any final words of wisdom as we wrap up today? Any, uh, any words of encouragement for small businesses starting this process? Yes, I would recommend following the money. Um, as you mentioned, the Green Book is an awesome resource that um, DSLBD puts together to assist businesses in understanding how to follow the money. It is amazing. So you will see a breakout of their small business spend, what they're purchasing, and um you can contact them using this information. You can market using this information. That's how you can understand what agency is purchasing what you sell. So if you need assistance and how to approach those agencies, that's when you come to PTAC. But you can reach out to DSLBD if you have not received a copy of the Green Book. You can reach out to D DSLBD to receive a copy. And that's, that is amazing. But I would say follow the money, um, educate yourself on government contracting and the target agencies that you would like to pursue. Find, find your special niche. You can't be everything to everybody. When you market, Understand if you're a small team of one, two, ten, understand that you can't cast your net wide and far, that it's better to be specific and target, target your agencies and penetrate them, you know, so don't spread thin, you know, penetrate and make sure that you follow up, follow up, follow up. That's a big problem that we have with businesses. If you meet with someone and even buyers complain about that, they may meet an awesome business and they never follow up. And that's a big thing. So always follow up after a meeting or after a call. Understand your, your target agency's mission, understand their initiatives, understand their challenges, understand their pain points. You want to understand that. And and utilize the resources out there again. Um, don't don't provide. Let's see, static information. Make sure that anything that you use to market to the government speaks specifically to them and uses their language. I always use this example: if a construction um, contract or a solicitation is asking for a perimeter barrier, use perimeter barrier. Don't use fence. <laughs> use their language. So speak their language. That's what you want to do to make sure that, you know, they understand. Uh, they understand us. They get us, you know. They understand our language. So you want to make sure that you do that as well as explaining how your particular service can make an impact on their organization. 
that's the main point that you need to get across. How can your service impact their organization? Perfect. Perfect. Well, Sheila Edmondson and Christina Amaroso, thank you both very much for joining us today. Um, we are happy to spread the word about uh, the Procurement and Technical Assistance Center and the opportunities available to small businesses here in D.C. Uh, with the government. Um, and uh, we will uh, We'll do our part to get our Main Street businesses participating, uh, uh, and uh, maybe we can chat out again after uh, after the uh, the COVID lockdown has been lifted about some some new and upcoming uh, opportunities for small businesses. That would be great. We'd like that. Great. Thank you both so much. Um, thank you, Ron. Ron, thank you. Thanks for hanging out out again, and um, thanks I everyone for tuning. In. Can I say oh, yeah. one? I just like to thank you for having us here today to share this information to the small business community, and also a big thank you to our director, um, the DSLBD director, um, Christy Whitfield, as well as our chief of staff, Rosemary Suggs Evans. Christina and Liz, thank you. We are so excited about um, the collaboration between um, CR and um, the DCP TAC, and. Lastly, but not least, I'd like to thank the DCP TAC team, my manager, Mr. Milton Goodman. Thank you so much. Um, also, my colleagues, Vanessa Kadiri, Earl King, and Ms. Michelle Harris. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, and thank, thanks again for joining us, Sheila, and thanks to the entire DSWD team uh, for all that they do to help small businesses every day, and particularly during this pandemic lockdown. Uh, and thanks everybody for tuning in and uh, um, we'll, we'll see you next week. Bye -bye. Thank you.